The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Oh, oh, hello, Chadville. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Uh, beautiful uh, fallish weekend in the city of Champions, right around the region. Saw lots of farmers out in the fields, lots of motorcycles on the highways getting that last run in. Maybe uh, spent some time trying to wash windows like I did at my place and then realized that there were... Um, People that I could hire to probably do this without, you know, risking life or limb because it became very dangerous very, very quickly, I realized. So, um, but yeah, gorgeous, uh, gorgeous couple of days in the City of Champions, as you just heard Cassandra saying. Temperatures um, dropping off over the coming few days, but hmm, uh, we'll take the, uh, the nice fall days while we can get them on the show today. We're going to be talking about a, a couple of different things. We'll be talking about whether or not uh, kids should be allowed to to have some amnesty to leave class to go out and protest maybe at some of these climate change uh, gatherings that are going on I know during the uh, GSA issues as well there was questions about about that um, as well everyone was talking about it and we're going to take another look at it and break it down that video of that Edmonton traffic stop over the weekend uh, that was posted on Twitter by WWE personality Lacey Evans Ah, yeah, we'll get into it. First off, you know, I don't care if you're acting or not. Never, ever say, don't you know who I am? Yeah, like that's just, that's the last thing. Just a tip right there. Um, Also on the show today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the toy run, the 36th years of the 630 Ched annual Edmonton, uh, 630 Ched Edmonton uh, toy run, all in support of 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Lots to get through today. Uh, You can get a hold of me anytime at 4960063. You can text me at 630630. We're going to start things off this afternoon. With this, there's a new survey that suggests the trust that you put in science is eroding. It goes on to say that many of you believe that scientists are elitist. And for a lot of you, um, you discount findings that don't accord with your personal beliefs. The survey was done last summer by Ipsos for the multinational company 3M. It included about 14,000 people. John Small is an ecologist at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. He's written extensively on this this afternoon. Uh, welcome to the show, John. Thank you. Happy to be here. How are things in Kingston these days? Oh, it's nice, but we have rain today, so it sounds like you might have better weather. Oh, you know what? I have to tell you, Kingston is one of my favorite places in this country. I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful spot, and uh, I, I figure anyone lucky enough to live there, uh-uh. Yeah, I to. walk to work. Uh, that's a pretty, you know, <laughs> that's a, a pretty nice place to live. Absolutely. Um, so let's start with this. You've been, uh, you've been, you've written extensively on this. Now you are uh, an ecologist. Um, when you hear the word elitist in 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 the terms of reference of this of this study, um, w- w- what goes through your mind? Well, it distresses me uh, because, uh, in some ways, I'm not overly surprised. And I think the situation has gotten worse over the last, say, decade. Uh, we're hearing more and more when you know whether whether a, po- a politician or an industry doesn't like what scientists find 
and convenient ways to say, well, that's just hidden in the ivory tower and they're mm-hmm. elitist. And that's, you know, that's been coming fairly steadily, uh, certainly in uh, south of the border, we've been seeing mm-hmm. a lot of it, but we see it in Canada as well. Many scientists, I'm in the environmental field and we produce, you know, I would say inconvenient data. Um, we, we often find problems where hopefully people were hoping there weren't problems. And, uh, but this is an important part of the process, uh, dealing with human health, dealing with ecosystem health. But I think it's, it's been, we've been plagued with that word, uh, and I think some of it is our fault. I think um, for a long time, especially, you know, uh, I'm talking about academic scientists, mm. university-based scientists, we haven't done a very good job of explaining what we do and why we do it and why it's important and transferring that knowledge to the general public and to the policymakers. And so some of, it, some of it is our fault, And we're, but that's improving. I think a lot of people are, a lot of scientists are realizing this is an, a critical part of the scientific process. And frankly, uh, you know, if you work in a university, at least in my field, <laughs> in the environmental field, virtually everything we do is actually paid for by taxpayers. It's yeah. kind, of, kind of amazing that we've, you know, almost we've gotten away with it so long. So there's a big a big push, uh, and I've been leading some of those pushes to get scientists to try and to start, no matter what, a significant part of your time has to be meant on transferring this knowledge to the public and in a way they will, uh, they that, the public will understand it. We just can't use our, you know, our jargon words and it's not that much that hard to actually do it. Well, thank you for that because you know you, were, you answered a couple of my next questions that I had on my list there, Dr. Small, and it was going to be, you know, with with the word elitist. Does that go hand in hand with maybe not understanding what it is that you do? And I think you touched on that uh, really, really well, saying, yeah, I think that that's part of it. And it's like you're working in these ivory towers somewhere, you know, under lock and key, and you know, then the the, the research just gets published into some sort of fancy magazines that uh, or journals that don't trickle down to the rest of us. That's right. But yeah, and, and, it's, and we've been doing that for a long time. And it is changing, though, even now on grant proposals. You know, if you go to the Canadian federal government, where a lot of our money might come or provincial, very often, even on the grant proposals, there's now a box you have to fill out is how do you plan on on transferring this to stakeholders, how do you plan on getting this out to the public? So it's becoming a very much more significant part of the process. So interesting, though, um, you know, when you kind of break some uh, some things down here, and uh, I can tell you right now, my text line's going to explode just as soon as I say climate change, and it just goes <laughs> boom. Um, there are there is growing skepticism, and this is one of the things that the study proved that uh, there is growing skepticism on issues like climate change and 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 wildlife losses. And just the other day, I did a, a, an interview interview on the loss of, um, of birds This uh, that was just uh, published yep. in the journal Science. Um, and, and people were like, oh, okay, yeah, but you know what, look at how many birds there are in the world, and it's just really, in, you know, fairly insignificant to begin with. But, you know, when you break it down, I'm like, I'm not really sure it is that insignificant. No. Why do you think that skepticism is there? Well, some of it is denial. Um, very often what we do in the environmental field, we're giving bad news. Climate change, all I do is give bad news, you know, and, and I think part of it's human nature, you have another side, which is not, I would not say not a scientific side, because this study has been shown that it's about 99.94% of peer-reviewed scientific literature shows that, you know, that, that humans are linked to climate change. Um, but there is, uh, you know, there there is always, either for political or for industry reasons, uh, there is a whole group of people that try and 
change the truth, you know? I'm not change, well, I wouldn't say change the Manipulate truth, but sway it. the truth, let's say, or, sway, yeah. or add confusion. And very often, it be, it's much, I mean, I would love to be wrong about climate change. I know I'm not, but I would love to be wrong about climate change. It would be so nice if it wasn't a problem, but it is. And saying putting your head in the sand isn't the way to deal with the issue. So that's why it's such a serious issue. What science discovers and science presents to the public helps the, the world become a better place. And much of what, what we take for granted has really come from science over the years. And it's come from a lot of hard work. Mm. It's not a linear process. You know, science goes by self-correction, by criticism, and so on and so forth. But it comes to better knowledge. And each year we know more about the world around us. But uh, the world's not in great shape and this is very dangerous. <laughs> you, you, you brought up climate change, so we're going to go on this and thank you for having all my first text of the day is just to be a bunch of really angry people to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to that too. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Probably get, I'll be getting them too. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, so when it comes to climate change and, and climate change de- deniers or people who, who are questioning it, there are a great many of people out there um, or at least uh, certainly the ones that listen to my show and, and take the time to text in that say that this is just the world going through um, you know what it does every you know million years tens of thousands of years and we're just on another cycle of that um, and again I, that's not why I, 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 I didn't tell you up to talk about climate change but I, what do you say to those folks when they well, when you there's say tremendous amount of scientific data showing that's not the case you know they, that's not to say natural causes aren't linked to climate change I study my specialty is working on cycles of thousands of years in lakes. I'm a paleoclimatologist, a paleoenvironmental scientist. That's exactly my field. Yes, going back, you know, 50 million years, the earth was warmer, but we know why it was. The point being that we're what's happening now can be linked to greenhouse gases, can be linked very clearly to greenhouse gases, and we, we the, our human footprint is all over this. You know, in the scientific community, what you believe isn't important. It's what you can show mm. with data and reproducible experiments and reproducible results. There was another thing that, you know, it said in that in that survey is that uh, about one-third of Canadians, I think, no, 46 Canadians, uh, uh, think it's due to conflicting opinions and about one-third they say if whatever science finds it has to align with their beliefs well in science what you believe isn't really important it's what you can show with mm. data you don't have a nice hypothesis a nice idea and you go to a group of scientists raise your hand if you like this this idea <laughs> that's not how it works it works on very hardly collected systematic data that you can we, and then we present it, we write a paper, and the whole function of the other community is to criticize it, find things yeah. wrong with it. We go forward by criticism. We, so it's not a straight process. It's sort of jig-jagged jig, jig going back and forth. But criticism is the oxygen that drives science forward. There are now thousands and thousands and thousands of papers on climate change, and they all converge. I mean, uh, Dr. Powell, who's a, you know, not, certainly not a, a left-wing mm-hmm. uh, leader, he's in the U.S., and he, he compiles all the papers that have been gone through the peer review process on climate change. And he comes up with a number of 99.94% of scientific studies that have been peer reviewed 
link humans to climate change, uh. the recent climate change. Huh. So, And we can show, I work on thousand-year cycles, all these cycles. Yes, there's been natural periods that we understand where the climate change due to natural processes. That does not explain what's happening, nor the speed or the rapidity of this change. Yeah. So, you know, the science is in. The question is to, to bring it to policy. Yeah, and, you know, and I think one of the things that I, I've been witnessing here, you know, in Canada, North America, is that when you when you start having governments wanting to put, you know, carbon levies on, all that sort of stuff, um, people people start to get really ticked off with it, saying, hey, you know what, um, are, we, are we the polluters that really need to be the ones ones that are that are targeted for this you know look at uh, you know look at China look at India look at you know look at those places why is it why why do we have to carry this brunt well I would say uh, Canada is a G7 country and uh, we, we could show leadership <laughs> uh, and I, a lot of countries are actually making good progress on the issue and uh, you know it's very hard to say to ask other countries especially developing countries to do something if we're as as a, a g7 country aren't going to do it ourselves so leadership has to start somewhere mm. and you know i mean many economists have actually looked into this there's there's money to be made in renewables there's money to be made in all these all these types of mm-hmm. inventions right now if we're not putting in the money into investigating how to do the renewables better for etc well we can either sell it to say china or we can buy it from china yeah. China's very big on a lot of these. I was just in China. There's whole buildings to the Solar Institute and so on and so forth. And we should be, you know, we are yeah. doing a lot of it, but we can do even more. But, you know, people say, well, what's the cost of fighting climate change? The real question is, what's the cost of not fighting yeah. climate and again, change? And you, can, you need to remember, like, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you from Alberta, right, where we're <laughs> yeah, still yeah. trying to get, you know, oil out of the ground and, and yeah. you know, and, and be able to, to make some money on this for, for decades to come. And, and no, I, I agree. And, and uh, you know, the same could be said from the coal areas. Yeah. On. And I, I fully appreciate the human aspect of that. But, you know, there are ways, there have been scenarios of, you know, we need, we're going to have to wean ourselves off fossil fuels. And, you know, with retraining and new programs, there's jobs to be made in, in, in these various, there's going to be jobs to be made in just, uh, you know, uh, rehabilitating areas that have been uh, used for these types of industries so but I, I agree it's not simple no you know if anyone says it's everyone says climate change is simple <laughs> no. they, they don't know what they're talking about no. and I realize socially and politically it's not a simple issue the point is you know, the we have little choice uh, the the consequences are so bad that if you don't do something, it gets worse and worse. And we, our options are disappearing. The more greenhouse gases we put in the atmosphere, our options are declining. We should have taken drastic action 25 years ago, but we didn't. And we keep sort of stalling. And if we keep stalling more, our children and grandchildren are the ones who are going to have to suffer. Dr. John Small joining me this afternoon. Again, we weren't planning on talking about climate change. I'm hopeful. Can you hold on for a few minutes because sure. I do want to get back to the study just a little bit yeah. um, because I, I do think it's important so you know if we're actually talking about it and using climate change as kind of that that umbrella which we weren't planning to but you know when you talk about this disconnect between what science is what scientists do and and what the general public understands how we can fix that let's talk it let's dive into that just a little bit sure. more yeah. after this hold on everyone Dr. John Small uh, from Queen's University more with him after this. Dr. John Small, 
out of Kingston, Queen's University, joining me this afternoon. We're talking about how much do you uh, trust science? And there was a, a new poll done by Ipsos last summer that suggests that the uh, trust you put in science is uh, eroding. But there were some interesting stats here as well. You know, about one third felt scientists were influenced by governed, government agendas. Another third thought science was swayed by corporate agendas. Um, 30% said they only believe science that aligned with their personal beliefs. Oh boy. Um, you know, Dr. Small, when you look at, when we talk about uh, um, uh, breaking it down, like cutting through the crap for the general public to understand what it is you do and to make them understand why it's relevant, uh, how do you do that? Well, that's a good question. A lot of um, you, the first thing you have to actually try and do it. <laughs> One of the biggest problems, you know, professors and people in d- different scientific communities are are very busy people. They really are, and so they they have to make the time. And some and I, I'm just arguing you. There's no, we have no choice. We we owe it to the people. We have to make the time. And when you do make the time, then you have to think about how you're presenting things. I have heard some scientists talk about the work, and I'm almost like, are you going on purpose to make sure no one understands what you're talking? talking about you know uh you every everybody who does science can put their put what they do in a way that is understandable to people at large and pe- some scientists say oh what i do is too complicated no one would ever understand it well my view on that is if you can't explain what you do in a intelligent manner to intelligent people and so that they understand what you're doing then you probably don't understand what you're doing either <laughs> you should be able to do that it's not that hard so i mean we can do it and things are getting better you know as i said um on grant proposals often there's a section on you know how are you going to communicate this like to the public at large mm-hmm. and to policymakers. Universities have gotten better. We have communications departments that you know uh, try and actually get the message out. And uh, many journals now, first they're going open access or they're available, but also many journals now have a separate summary or separate abstract for in a layperson summary. At least that's a start. I'm not saying it's the solution, but at least the direction um, of engaging people, uh, you know, who aren't scientists, professional scientists, at least it's going in that direction. And there were some positive things in these this, uh, this survey, too. We should keep in mind that, you know, you know we're talking about all the negatives. I, I wrote there's a few positives. One was uh, 76%, you know, uh, three out of four people are curious about science, yes. and 88%, like almost nine out of ten, want to know more about want to know more about yeah. it and that's yeah. cool so that's important i mean the audience is there so let's get let's deliver to the audience yeah. um, so it's almost like i think the onus is on the scientific community to do a better job and to take you know you have so many hours in the day but just start budgeting more of that time to doing this because it's critically important you need to break it down really simple and then do a really cool ted talks or something like yeah, that well, and it, we, right? can all, we can all do that yeah. we can do that with better graphics you know we, yeah. we we're so tuned we're trained in university to publish in scientific journals that only other scientists read but that's changing it's got to change and uh and i think it is slowly changing but still somewhat depressing to see these some of these statistics some are quite positive some are <laughs> some are less less it's just like waking up and getting one of those bad emails. That's in your right. Inbox. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I really like you, but you know. Uh, yeah, the but. Yeah. <laughs> but you're an elitist. <laughs> yeah. Get out of your castle, there, Mister. Yeah. Oh, oh well, Doctor John, I want to thank you so much. Now, okay, nice nice. Doctor John Small actually joining me this afternoon, ecologist at Queen's University, a paleoclimatologist. That's fascinating. I would love to have a conversation with you on that on another well, day. We can do that because. 
I watched a documentary not too long ago. I think it was on 60 Minutes about how the permafrost in Russia yeah. is um, is uh, deteriorating and it's melting. I, I do I do quite a bit of work on that. In fact, do I'm you? speaking about that tomorrow in Ottawa. Yeah. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. It's fascinating and the, yeah. and the problems that it's causing. Okay. Buildings are falling apart. Air 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 strips are falling apart. Roads are falling apart. Yeah. Okay. I, we're going to talk about that very okay. soon. Okay. Okay. Uh, take care. That take care now, Dr. John Small at a Queen's University. Uh, this afternoon. It's coming up to 228 on the 630 Chad afternoon news. Not even going to look at the text line, but I have. I appreciate all of your texts. You know I always do it. 4960063 or 63630. So uh, climate change is uh, going to be uh, a topic of our Alberta Matters um, show this Thursday, if I remember correctly, for the first hour here on um, 6.30 Chet Afternoons, we will be talking about climate change. And I know it's a biggie, eh? It's, it's a biggie and there's a lot to wrap your head around. And I know, like I said, there's, there's a lot of you that just believe that this is, you know, the world's way of correcting itself, that this is just the way that uh, it, it, it happens. And then there's a lot of you are saying, no, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to hell in a handbag and if we don't do something soon um, what does that mean for our children and for our grandchildren we'll explore more of that on Thursday right now though we'll take a break for the 2:30 news on the other side let's get into it we'll get ready to rumble with this stuff that happened with uh, WWE personality Lacey Evans stick around